Turn with me to the book of Matthew chapter 15 this morning. Matthew chapter 15. I'd like to welcome all of you mothers that are here today and uh, congratulate you on making it thus far, knowing that you've raised children. And I'd like to thank all the kids who've come home today to say, Mom, we appreciate you and to worship with us at this place. We're so honored that you're here today. I, uh, it's extremely hard to pick out a card for Mother's Day, especially when you don't stop to look for one. <laughs> it's likewise extremely difficult to pick out a message to preach on Mother's Day because of the fact it's difficult to convey sufficiently the love that you have for mothers. It's difficult to convey appreciation for all the good things that mothers have done and have given and have sacrificed for us thus far. And so it's it's a difficult time. This is probably the 32nd or the 33rd Mother's Day message that I've preached in the church. And uh, it's difficult to find that many messages on mothers without talking about some of the same mothers. But I'll try hard today to be done in time for you to get to the restaurant to eat before the Methodists do. We don't have to worry about the Pentecost. They'll be there a while this afternoon. But you have to hurry to beat the Methodists to uh, uh, Golden Corral or wherever you eat. My wife and I, we usually stop at Dairy Queen. I read for you out of the book of Matthew chapter 15. I read for you just a few verses today. And the Bible says, Then Jesus went thence and departed. This is chapter 15, verse 21. Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. Behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast And cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me. Mom, have you ever said that? If you've raised any kids, you've probably said, Lord, have mercy on me. Or the kid won. Because one of us is going to need mercy in just a minute. Have mercy on me. I said that to my mom a lot. I never did say, Lord, have justice on me. I knew that was coming. What I needed was mercy. By the way, that's what we all need, isn't it? We don't need justice because we're all sinners. Is that not so? We deserve the wrath of God. What we want today is mercy. Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. 
My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. I think I've said that about all six of my kids. <laughs> now you know why she needed mercy. She added a kid. But he answered her not a word. Sometimes our cry out to God seems like as if he's turned a deaf ear. And he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away. She crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent but the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. I need mercy. Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. What a tremendous story. What a tremendous illustration. What a tremendous situation for us this morning just to dive into and maybe learn something that we all could take home today and make us better people, better children, better parents, better Christians. As I read this story, I I see three things about this lady mentioned in the text. Number one, I see it calls her a Gentile woman, non-Jewish. Number two, I see that it refers to as a mother. Number three, I see that the text refers to as a mother with a problem. Do you know any mothers who have a problem? If you know any mothers, probably they have kids. That equals problems. Amen. Here in the text is a woman of low degree according to the Jewish philosophy and belief. Here is a Gentile woman who is a mother and a Gentile woman who had a problem. You could sum her life up in these three words and probably also you could every mother in this place. Trouble, trusting, and triumphant. Every mother in this place today, if you would go back and look at your life from the time of that little beautiful thing, that heathen in the nursery, that baby that is so precious and so soft, 
is nothing but a rank heathen. Knows nothing of morals, knows nothing of morality, knows nothing of generosity, knows nothing of kindness, knows nothing of, of love, nothing but a selfish little brat. That every time it wants something, it stirs up everything in the world just to get what they want. Civilization is only 20 years away from being heathen. When mothers cease being mothers and cease training and molding a godly individual out of a rank heathen that is born, mothers stand between heathenism and Christianity. Someone has said, as goes the mother, so goes the family. As goes the family, so goes the church. As goes the church, so goes society. Have you seen society dwindle off a dab? How long has it been since you heard a child say, thank you, ma'am? Pardon me. Could I help you? Yes, sir. No, sir. Thank you. You're welcome. Kids don't come into the world saying that. But what's a shame, they go out of this world nowadays in this society not saying that. You see, I just believe that God gave man authority, but he gave woman influence. Uh, a president of the college that I went to, one that I weren't and flunked out of, got kicked out or something. He said, you show me a woman that wants to do something and I'll show you a husband in 30 days will be doing it. <laughs> Think about that now. Influence. Oh yes, we have power. That woman that God gave us has influence. And I was thinking this morning about sitting in my office and thinking about of all the people in my life who has influenced my life most. I've said one of the greatest, some of the greatest preachers this world has ever, ever heard. I've read books from theologians, psychiatrists, psychologists, idiots. But as I go back through my life, and go through my mind's eye, tabulate 
who has most influenced my life. It is not a preacher. It is not a theologian. It's the godly women in my life. I had a great dad, a man's man, a working man, an honest man, a man of integrity, a man who shook your hand and said he'd do something, would kill himself to do it. But I had a mom. My dad showed me how. My mother influenced me to do it. A godly mom. Any of you here today ever take your mother for granted? Oh, yes. What our world needs some more godly moms. I think about my godly mother. I think about my godly grandmother. Probably I don't think she ever cut her hair. As a wee lad in the country there on the farm, after my grandmother had cooked for all the boys and all the farm hens, I can see her at night opening the King James Bible and reading that book, tears in her eyes, taking that long black hair all the way to the floor and combing it out. Still had time to cook the biscuits and cook the ham and fry the eggs and love Jesus and pray that God would use her grandson one day for the Lord. I think of godly aunts who taught their nephew how to budget at a very young age. So young, probably I could not write. But I shall never forget those two old hard-working aunts of mine, May, you know, just not married, just working hard. Come on on Friday and they'd lay all the cash out on the table. Take little old white envelopes and lay out on the table. And on one envelope was written electricity. Another one, groceries. And another one, payment on the cow. That's bull. <laughs> and as a wee little lad, I'd sit there and watch those old godly aunts of mine take out five and put in one envelope and and put in another envelope and I ain't Gaynell what are you doing we're budgeting our income so that our outgo don't become our downfall influence why is your church operate on a budget the influence of two godly aunts who taught a grandson or a nephew how to budget. 
The influence of a godly woman is far beyond description. Then I think of my wife. What would this church be without Miss Ginger? Who would have money? That's what. She prayed this church into existence. She makes it dangerous to walk in the office and ask for a reimbursement. She is so tremendously tight with the money Sean has to walk in the office with a request, with a smiley face on it, with my signature to get her to even let him in the office. (laughs) When I talk about godly women, I do not refer to a perfect woman. Godly mothers are Christian mothers. Mothers that have been born again. Mothers that has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. When I speak of a godly mother, I speak not only of a Christian mother, but a consecrated mother. Consecrated to the things of Christ and devoted to the Christ of the Bible, the creator of the world, the soon coming king. When I speak of a godly mother, I'm speaking of a congenial mother. I don't ever have to ask my mother, can the boys stay for dinner? She always cooked extra for those kids that were playing around our house. I don't ever have to ask, is there enough food for Brother Sean and all the crowd, because I know there's not. <laughs> when I speak of a godly mother, I speak of a counselor, someone who can take the word of God and tell their kids, thus saith the Lord. I speak of a godly mother. I do not speak of a perfect individual. I speak of a Christian mother. I speak of a, of a counseling mother, a consecrated mother and a courageous mother who just believes God and will trust God and raise their kids according to the, his word and his way. Let me share something with you quickly. In the text, as I close, we've got five minutes, six minutes. You say, how come? Well, I'm hungry. And it's about time to eat. Three things about the woman in the text. Number one, she had a problem. Number two, she had a plan. Number three, she had a provider. Mom, if you don't get anything else out of this sermon... If you're breathing, you have kids, you've got problems. 
You say, how do you know that? I've got six. Just because they got married don't mean they're still not your kids. It don't mean they ain't coming back. It don't do no good to lock the gate. They got a key. If you've got kids, you've got a problem. Take the phone book. I don't think we have them anymore. Hit your cell phone. Pull up any number you want to pull up. And that mama has got a problem. It may be a husband problem. It may be a dog problem. Sometimes you refer to the same. Sometimes they smell smell the same. But you just pick any person who is a mother. They have a problem. But most mothers today do not have a plan. And they do not know the provider. Notice the text. This mother had a problem. Verse 22 in your Bible, please. Now watch this. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. I don't know about you, but I just believe there is a devil. Now, some of you wives might think you married him, but that's not the one I'm talking about. She realized that she had a problem, but she didn't blame the kid. She blamed the root of the problem. Are you listening to me? She said that my child is grievously vexed of the devil. Would you tell me please when did the devil die? If there was a devil in the New Testament... In what book, what chapter did he die and fade away and quit grievously tormenting our children? Well, my kid's a brat. No, his daddy's a brat, the devil. No, you thought I was talking about your husband, didn't you? You said you got that right, preacher. Amen. She recognized not only she had a problem, she recognized the source of the problem. Too many times we do not recognize the source of the problem. We just recognize the problem. Television is not The problem, 
It's the tool the devil uses. The devil can use anything in the world if you please. But we're so busy preaching against the problem, the source of the problems, having a heyday with our kids. The problem's not the cell phone or the internet or the hairnet or the wrong kind of friends or the drugs or the pornography. That's not the problem. The problem is the devil. Of course, we're in a more sophisticated world today and you know, we don't believe this devil business. It just, it's parenting. We either have inconsistent discipline, no discipline, bad discipline, and so it's not our fault that our kids are brats. After all, they're just little darlings when they're born. Huh? Aren't they little darlings? I think somebody cut the horns and the tails off all six of my kids in the nursery. (laughs) You said, you're terrible. My mama thought the same thing about me. The lady was smart enough, the mom was smart enough to realize that it wasn't the music, it wasn't the drugs, it wasn't the promiscuity, it was not pleasure. The problem was the devil was grievously tormenting this girl. Now, there's not anything wrong with most of our kids except the devil's got them. And the devil's used the tools of this world to absolutely capture and captivate and enslave and addict them to his devices because most parents are ignorant of his devices. They have no idea that a cell phone can become addictive. After all, it's a cheaper babysitter than paying some teenage girl $75 an hour. I mean, just just check the economics out. Disney's a lot cheaper than spending quality time, so turn them loose in Mickey Mouse Club. M-I-C-K-E-Y. Well, I better go on. This is getting awful now. She had a problem. She probably had read in the Bible, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, 
walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And the devil has no mercy, no pity, no love for our kids. None whatsoever. And because of some unknown thing, this mother has a problem. The problem is with a child. And probably, if they had brought her to my office, I would have probably said she needs counseling. But Jesus said we need to get the devil out of her. You say, well, there's no such thing as demon possession today. Have you met some of the kids I've met? Huh? I need to close. She had a problem, but not only did she have a problem, she had a plan. Notice, if you would please, she had a plan. Verse 22, the Bible said she had a plan. It said, my, have mercy on me. I'd like to close with this. She had a plan. She knew where to come. Secondly, she knew when to come. Amen. Amen. And she knew how to come. Notice that? She knew where to come. Lord, have mercy on me. She knew where to come. Lord, help me. You know, there are just some things a preacher can't help you with. Do you know there are just some things a husband can't help you with? Do you know there are just some things mom and daddy can't help you with? And one of these days, he knows how to bring you to the place to cry out, Lord, have mercy on me. Help me. Mom, I know you got a problem because we all got problems. But do you have a plan? When things get really tough, when it looks like everything's about to shut down, do you know where to come? Do you know when to come? Do you know how to come? She came humbly. She came honestly. And she came persistently, Lord, help me. Do you know any moms today that might need a little of God's help? Do you know any moms today that would just like to suffocate a kid. <laughs> Do you know anybody, any moms today who's saying, honey, would you check the back of my car right before I back out of the driveway? Do you know anybody, any homes that are grievously vexed? Well, she knew when to come. She knew where to come, she knew how to come. I close. The last verse. The Bible said, and her daughter was made whole 
from that very hour. She not only had a problem, she had a plan, and she had a great provider. Everyone knows the thrill of victory, do they not? Unless you're the Rangers, the Mavericks, or the Cowboys. If I didn't hate snow so much, I'd move to New England. If I did not hate California so bad, I'd move to Oakland. But I think I'll just love Jesus and stay in Texas. Never would I go to Alabama. Up, oh, Billy woke up. <laughs> I knew I'd get his attention. Mom, listen to me. If you have a problem, there is a plan. Amen. There is a plan. And there is a great provider. This woman was an overcomer. I love overcomers. My mama was an overcomer. She was a fighter. She was so kind. She told me all my life, you don't, Gene, you just don't talk about people. You just don't talk about people. And she come to hear me preach one night and I preached against the devil. And she got mad at me. She said, you're not supposed to talk about people. You say, was that really? Yeah, yeah. Overcomer. What's this? She got a problem. She came to the Savior and she overcome Silence. Verse 23, she said, I've got a problem. My daughter is grievously vexed, vexed. But he answered her not a word. That didn't mean she quit. She just overcame that silence. She overcame rudeness, if you please, in verse 23. The Bible says this. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, send her away. She's a nuisance. She has no business touching the Savior. Send her away. She said, look, I got a problem. I got a plan. And I know the provider. Now shut your mouth. I'm sticking around until he does something about it. If you had not got an answer, ask again. If the door hadn't opened, keep knocking. Amen. Mama, you got a problem? Get a plan. Get to know the provider. She's willing to take God at what he thought. Verse 27, and she said, Lord, truth. Yet the dogs, yet the dogs, they don't sit at the table. They're under the table. And Lord, I'd be satisfied not sitting at the table because I'm a Gentile and the Gentiles don't sit and eat with the Jews. And Lord, I know I'm a dog, but don't even the dogs get the crumbs that falls from the table. She said, Lord, I'm willing to take what 
you give me. And I'm not going to complain about it. I am just a woman with a problem. I need a plan. You are the provider. Mom, you got a plan? Mom, do you know the provider? I'm so glad you're here today, Mom. I wish that you had a better preacher, but I'm sorry, this is all you got. Let's pray together. Father, today we thank you for mothers. Lord, I just wish I had not taken my mother for granted so many times. And I wish I'd be more swift to hear and slow to speak when it comes to the wisdom and the strength and the advice of godly women in my life. Lord, please bless every mother here today. Thank you for the children who have come this way today to make this day special to their mothers. And I pray, dear God, please give America some more godly mothers, caring mothers, cautious mothers, careful mothers, and caring mothers. We ask it in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who is willing to save every person that is not saved. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. We're going to stand just very briefly, just very briefly to our feet. With our heads bowed and eyes closed, we enter into a time in this church we call the invitation.